Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Schaefer's Market Mashup. I am not Josh Selway. I am Patrick Martin, co-managing editor of Schaefer's Investment Research's digital content group. It's been a while, but we're back. Some things in the world have kind of sort of changed a little bit, and I'll be hosting this weekly sit-down or mashup, if you will, profiling some interesting things going on in the stock market each week. I'll be looking at individual stocks, broader macro trends, options activity, anything that catches my eye. And soon, you won't be hearing from just me. I have a ton of interviews lined up with traders, analysts, financial luminaries, people way smarter than me that can offer insight into the world of investing. As this gets off the ground, we'll, or gets off the ground again, uh, I'll plan on introducing specific segments and bits that you can look forward to, and usually with a tie-in to options trading, since that is Schaefer's main focus. Uh, but today, we're just going to just jump right into the deep end. We're going to talk about the dumpster fire that is Hertz Global Holdings, Bitcoin maybe, uh, some broader options trends, and do some quick hitters. Uh, and we'll also be talking about our latest Monday morning outlook. So let's get into it. So first up, we have Hertz Global Holdings, ticker HTZ. It's pretty crazy to think back in 2014, this stock was trading in triple-digit territory. Um, the coronavirus pandemic has absolutely gutted the rental car sector, and rock bottom for this particular company came on May 24th when they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yet somehow, on Friday... June 12th, a judge ruled that the company was allowed to sell up to 1 billion shares. It drew a lot of raised eyebrows on Wall Street, and even the own company noted on its conference call and its SEC filing that this common stock could soon be quote-unquote worthless. Yes, they actually used the words worthless to describe their stock. So, what has that done to Hertz's options activity? Well, according to Schaefer's senior quantitative analyst, Rocky White, uh, he compiles a list of the highest weekly options volume over the last 10 trading days. Uh, his latest list came out on Monday, and up pops HTZ as a new member. More specifically, 680,000 weekly options have been traded, call options, compared to roughly 500,000 put options. That's that, right? All the options trading has been crazy. Not necessarily. Today, as of this just breaking news in the past 20 minutes, HTZ has been halted for trading pending news around the court ruling from Friday. That's because the Securities and Exchanges Commission, SEC, uh, has told the bankrupt Hertz it has issues with the rental car firm's plan to sell its new shares. So this was according to a CNBC break on Wednesday. Everyone now is basically waiting with bated breath for what will happen, uh, but we can still talk about Hertz's options activity. As of Wednesday, the two most popular options this week, so granted that's only been Monday and Tuesday, have been the, the June two and two and a half strike calls. And according to Trade Alert, puts are a little more popular today. 
Shocker. It seems a block of 5,000 July two-strike puts were sold for $0.92 cents, uh, when the shares were trading at 1.79. And Hertz was halted for trading $1.94. That should be something to keep an eye out. What will happen with this 124-year-old company that has been a staple of American society? Will it be a race to zero? Will something happen that will bring it back up? Obviously, a lot of this is tied to the coronavirus and the search for a vaccine or a treatment, but it's definitely something to monitor going forward in the next couple of weeks as options traders look to maybe cash in on its complete demise or a total rally. From a broader perspective, options volume in general has been incredibly heightened for the past two weeks. Uh, Basically, as all these indexes have started to complete or completed their V-bottoms, call trading has gone through the roof. Last week, total call trading activity ran up to 12 million contracts. For context purposes, it ran up to 10 million the week prior, and that 10 million figure alone is twice as high as its February peak. We all remember how aggressive call trading was back in February. Now it's amplified up even more to these record levels. What exactly are options traders targeting? Well, if you look at the if you look at Tuesday, the most active sectors included the utilities, tech, and financial sectors. And telecommunications and basic materials were relatively light. That runs in tune with Friday's market-wide option volume breakdown. Utilities and consumer services leading the charge. Basic materials and telecommunications were relatively light once more. So everyone loves calls and it will be worthwhile monitoring how that sentiment continues into the summer months. Okay, I can't believe I'm doing this. But we got to talk Bitcoin. To date, 100,000 Bitcoin options are set to expire on June 26. That figure represents nearly 70% of Bitcoin's entire open interest, according to CoinDesk. On June 15th, Monday, the Bitcoin price pulled back to 8,900, and that led a lot to question whether professional traders have turned bearish ahead of the that June 26 expiry date. But that's a rabbit hole for a different day. I instead want to focus something interesting that came across my inbox, uh, the Bitcoin price action compared to the SPY. And by SPY, I mean the SPDR S&P 500 Exchange Traded Fund Trust, which was last trading at $313.89. It's pretty uncanny that Bitcoin peaked prior to the SPY declining and then bottomed prior to the SPY trowing. Essentially, Bitcoin has gone in the same direction as the S&P throughout all of this crazy volatility. Bitcoin rallied at the start of the year, plunged during the crash, then rallied during the rebound, and has been slumping over the last few days. 
this undermines the argument that Bitcoin has good portfolio diversification properties and begs the question, is Bitcoin a leading or a lagging indicator? Who's, who's to tell? Uh, hopefully we can get some people on that can explain this in a much more articulate way, but it's definitely something to watch going forward. The favorite part of my Monday morning, and that's saying something, uh, is our, is reading our Schaefer's Monday Morning Outlook. It's written up by Vice President of Research Todd Salamone, and he offers up several trend lines to watch over the next five trading days, the next month. Basically a very interesting macro breakdown of what investors should be looking for, of when to enter the market, when to exit the market. Uh, so I'm going to break down some interesting things I saw from his Monday morning outlook, but I highly encourage you to check it out. You can subscribe, it'll, and it really gives you a great glimpse of what to expect for the upcoming trading days. He looked at, on Monday, the CBOE Volatility Index, or ticker VIX, which ventured in near the 40 area last week, right up to its rising 80-day moving average. That same moving average marked the low in mid-February and the peak in mid-May. So this current 80-day moving average is situated just below 41.34, which happens to be triple the 2019 close and 2020's half-closing high at 41.85. Going forward, keep an eye out if the VIX moves through 46, which is 10% above the 41.85 half high. That 10% level could be interesting to watch. Todd also looks at the S&P 500, which was last seen trading at 3,137.92. He called out the 2,985 to 3,000 zone. If the S&P breaks below this zone, it could give short-term speculators the nerve to increase their downside bets which would then add even more headwinds to stocks in the process. But if that area's lows turn to just be a short-term thing, uh, you could expect a rally back to last week's high in the 3,230 area. With the S&P knocking on that door now, it looks like that that support could be in place. Again, this is just really the tip of the iceberg. I was calling out a couple of things that Todd mentioned Again, highly recommended Monday morning outlook. All right, to wrap up, I just want to do some quick hitting callouts here. Plugged a few things into Trade Alert. Looked at some interesting options activity going on in the last five days, and then in the last two days with this current week. And we'll just just kind of bounce around and, and, and call out a few random things that I saw that are worthy of of keeping an eye on. First up, we have you know, the big blue chip Microsoft ticker MSFT. In the past five days, options have been trading at 2.1 times the average intraday amount, and TradeAlert detects some spread activity going on. Also interesting, in the last five days, as energy prices are quite volatile, the ETF Energy Select Sector SPDR Fund ticker XLE Options are trading at 2.4 times the average intraday amount. I took a little bit of a 
deeper dive, and it looked like the July 45 strike put was pretty popular. And then stretching out a little bit more, the September 4240 strike call also was attracting a lot of attention. Shifting over to the California tech sector, that's not a thing. I just, both of these companies were in California, so I figured I'd group them together. Juniper Networks, ticker JNPR. Options are trading at 21, no, I read that wrong. Wow, 28.1 times the average intraday amount. And Oracle Corporation, a cloud software company, ticker ORCL, saw 6.6 times the, the usual number of options traded. Oracle reported its earnings after the close on Tuesday and received a ton of price target hikes and bull notes. Last but not least, I want to call out Carver Bancorp, ticker C-A-R-V. They are a holding company for Carver Federal Savings Bank, the largest black-operated bank in the country. Founded in 1948 to help serve African-American communities, it is designated by the U.S. Treasury as a community development financial institution. The timing of this could not have been crazier. Schaefer's ran an article on Carver and other black-owned publicly traded companies in an effort to highlight and raise awareness to them in, in the world given what's going on today in, in the U.S. <laughs> and Carver blew up. At last check, Carve was up 450% to trade at $13.28. It traded as high as $22.97, its highest levels since 2011. Um, but even, I mean, for perspective, Carver was trading at $2.41 yesterday at the close. So a huge breakout. Not quite sure of what the catalyst is. There's been no news regarding the company or what's going on, but the, the stock is absolutely on a whole nother level right now. Even prior to today's huge breakout, support appeared to be in place at the dollar sixty level, an area that has only been breached once on a closing basis since April. There's additional support in place at the stock's 5 million market cap and 20, 40, and 80-day moving averages were starting to cradle under its last price point. I had was going to talk about its 200-day moving average as a ceiling, but that is not the case anymore. Carve has hurtled past that former resistance. Something to watch going forward is can those gains hold? All right, folks, that just about wraps it up for me. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and review. I would love feedback as we get this moving forward again. And as always, head over to shafersinvestmentresearch.com to see what we're looking at on a day-to-day basis. We've got free newsletters, including the Monday Morning Outlook. Uh, They help give you a snapshot of what you're looking at each day, each week, whatever timeline that you're concerned with. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're looking to put out all sorts of interesting content, charts, trends, you name it. And in the coming weeks, we'll be trotting out our 39th anniversary stock picks. 
These are eight picks from our esteemed traders and analysts. Head over to the website and see how you can subscribe and get these picks hand-delivered to your inbox. We have a ton of all their awesome trading services as well. Check those out at schaffersresearch.com.